listening to Conversations. Welcome to Conversations. And now, from Los Angeles, here's your host, Mike Dowler. It is Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. I'm Mike Dowler, and this is Conversations. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And here's how that work on works. <clears throat> Excuse me. Plurals are important. On Facebook, just look up Conversations, the podcast. And on Twitter... Love our Twitter followers. Thank you so much. It's uh, at Converse Radio, C-O-N-V-E-R-S Radio, of course, all one word. Want to drop us a line? Love email. It's going to be conversationspod at gmail.com. Conversationspod gmail.com. I'm in Los Angeles, and again, a gorgeous night here in Los Angeles. Heat, yes, humidity, a little bit, but again, cooling down just a tad. And I want to thank our last guest, uh, screenwriter Rockney O'Bannon, and our guest host was Mateus Ward. Great show. That is online. It's on our website, so go ahead and check that out as well. We're also on Podbean, so go ahead and look us up there, and all our podcasts are there. As far as the old shows, uh, again, go ahead and Google those. Uh, They're all over the place. Uh, 87 shows in the can, and those you can find, again, just Google them, and uh, you will find them. Great show tonight. I'm um, getting myself prepared for a trip to Mexico, so I'm getting kind of unwinding. When I uh, found out uh, the, the guest I was going to have tonight, I, had, I said, you know what, I got to find a really good co-host. And uh, the, the co-host I, I have is uh, actually no stranger to conversation. She was here back a while ago. And uh, you may know her as uh, Cindy from the middle. Um, but I know her as Casey Burke. Casey, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. And again, we'll talk about the show in just a second. But you and our guest have a, some common ground. You're both from Australia. Yes. So that's going to be very, very cool. And thank you so much for agreeing to be with us tonight. Of course. Thank you for having me. Now, of course, I would be, I'd be derelict of duty if I didn't mention the fact that uh, uh News came out last week that this will be the last season for the medal. And um, again, as you put it, it is kind of bittersweet. Yes. Yeah, yes. Extremely. The, the good news is, is that uh, it will live on in syndication because I know that Lifetime, I know Lifetime airs it. I think Freeform airs it as well. It's everywhere. You can buy the episodes too, right? Yes. Like, yes. So- They're, I think, on DVD and somewhere online (laughs) so certainly very very iconic i mean the show and uh of course you tweeted today today was your first table read for season nine yes so how did that go (laughs) it was really good it was super fun it was great to see everyone again after the hiatus um it was sad when our producer said, you know, it's the last first table read but uh it's a super fun episode so this season should be really great Looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a great season. Again, season nine. Eight seasons in the can for you guys, and that is phenomenal. Viewership never wavered. You always had a ton of viewers. 
shows very popular and of course cindy very popular and somewhat awkward i tend to want to say <laughs> misunderstood um and um certainly uh brick's love interest and friend of the end so i'm looking forward to seeing where this all goes again no spoilers i will <laughs> wait like everybody else and uh, again uh you are on to other things obviously and uh is uh the middle your main focus right now or what else are you working on um the middle is the main focus i'm currently in the middle of college applications so that's taking up a lot of my time um i'm about to start my senior year of high school um and i got the lead in our school musical guys and dolls so that'll take up time as well (laughs) so busy 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 that's great well i hope you hope you're enjoying your summer and thank um, you you're welcome and i want to go ahead and bring our guest in uh for sure because uh this is going to be wow (laughs) i can't wait uh this uh again this this young young woman is also from australia she hails from perth australia uh, she came here a few years back because she realized that, um, as many know, um, you as well, Casey, The work this is where the work is. Yes. And um, certainly being in Australia, um, obviously the arts are very, very alive there because it got her, this guest to this point. Our guest tonight is Freya Tingley. Freya is an actress. She's a singer and an artist who paints... Uh, pet portraits we'll talk about that a little bit later but most importantly she has done um some phenomenal work let me run some stuff by you folks uh real quick so you can get a kind of an idea what she's done um she's currently working on a film called uh no way to live it's an independent independent film and it is uh getting rave reviews um all over the place looking forward to seeing the entire film so that's coming out and again this is going to be a, a a huge thing for her you may have seen her on Once Upon a Time as Wendy Darling in season two. She was also on a show called Hemlock Grove, which was on Netflix. And um, I just saw a Jersey Boys, the film. And I've, I've got to tell you, it was a phenomenal movie. And she has a role in that as well, um, playing Francine. Uh, Francine, of course, Richie, um, or Frankie Valley's estranged daughter. So very, very pivotal part and very important role in that movie as well. I'm telling her whole story here, and I really shouldn't do that. I want to say hello to, from Los Angeles, Freya Tingley. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing well. And, and again, I mentioned the uh, the Jersey Boys. Now, you played Francine. Did you see the Broadway mu- musical? I haven't, no. Oh, man, it was amazing. It was here in town. Yeah. Um, the guy from Dancing with the Stars was uh, actually Frankie Valli. Played the oh. lead. And oh, wow. And it was... It was like a rock show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really, really good. And it was cool to see um, the movie versus the Broadway musical. And I'll tell you, it was very, very close. Um, you working uh, in that film, of course, under the direction of Clint Eastwood, what an experience for you. Yeah. Um, it was it was amazing getting to work with one of the greatest directors of all time. Uh, it was such a simple process as well. I always hear like actors having to do like four auditions for a role, um, but it was it was very simple. It was just one audition with the casting director, and then he cast off of off of tapes. Wow! And when you when you think Clint Eastwood, you think you know like you know you know shoot him up, bang bang, and 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 stuff like yeah. that. You don't think of Jersey Boys. So what a transition for him as well. 
Yeah, yeah, so. I know. Such a transition in incorporating music as well, because I know he has a very um, musical sense about him as well. Yeah, he's um, remarkable. So glad you had yeah. that opportunity to work with him. Uh, a, a very small, yeah, a too. very, a very small part, but in, in the in the as far as screen time, but um, it, it, the reality is the the the, the role of Francine obviously a, a very important part of that movie and a very pivotal part in F- Frankie Valley's life. And you realize, uh, I never realized until I saw the musical what, what a dramatic life he had. I mean, there was a lot of uh, you know money problems and and problems with the family, and and they did a very good job portraying that. Yeah, they did. Well, I think it's true for a lot of musicians. I think it is a tough, it's a tough career, you know, you know abandoning the family and that yeah. sort of a thing. It was uh, there was a lot going on for sure. Yeah. But, um, so you did that, and that of course did very very well in the theaters. Um, it, it's it's gotten rave reviews. It's on it's on actually on I think Netflix now. You can watch it on Netflix and, and demand and whatnot. So check that out. But we're talking uh, Freya Tingley here, and again, as I mentioned. Uh, at the beginning of the show, you and Casey have some common ground. You were also from Australia. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really cool. Casey <laughs> Casey being from uh, Sydney? Yeah. And then Perth. Now, how different is Perth from Sydney? Well, Perth is like uh, 2 million people. Um, do you know the population of Sydney, Casey? I don't know. Uh, I know it's smaller than Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, like, Sydney, to me, is the most aesthetic city I've ever been to. You have the beautiful harbour and then all the houses and the hills looking onto the harbour. And Perth's, like, Perth's the equivalent of probably just, like, a smaller town, although it's still a big city, but it's just more relaxed, whereas Sydney's probably a bit more bustling, like New York. Mm. And yeah. are they- are they distance wise? Are they close? Or are they far away? Like four hours okay. uh, on a plane. Yeah, okay, cool. Casey, you ever go to Perth? No, I've never been. I've been to Sydney and I've been to Melbourne, and that's it. <laughs> there are folks that uh, will fly. I had a friend that uh, was in was going to school. I think in um, I want to say it was Melbourne. His wife was going to medical school, and to get to Boston, they took a flight. I guess. One of the one of the China airlines. I guess there's a flight that goes from Melbourne to China, and then from China you fly to the states. I guess it's cheaper that way. I don't know, but I just can't imagine that's like opposite ends, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. of the world. The I, I mean, I made a statement at the beginning. Are the arts alive and well in, alive and well in Australia? Yeah, I think there there is um, an industry there. Um, for me, like coming from Perth, it's very, very tiny, although a lot does film there. But I mean, we have like two agents and two casting directors, which is so different from here. And when you have like 800 casting directors and 800 agents and managers, um, but Sydney's good. No, it's, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger and, and a lot stronger, which is great. Yeah. Sydney has a bigger theater scene as well, I think. Yeah. Did you, um, did you start in theater? Freya? No, I mean, my well, my first professional role was actually in a play, but I really, I really, for a long time, really didn't like theatre. Um, it was something that I just, for me, I love film and TV, like movies and TV as a medium for me to communicate my art because you have the potential to reach 
much wider audience and have a, and therefore have a greater effect, um, which is what we want as artists. And so I felt like theatre for me was a, just a little bit too small, small of a format. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, and again, Casey, you love theatre. Yes. You were in school. <laughs> And I guess it's you get it's that instant it's that instant response from from the audience, which just makes it kind of cool too. Yeah. But the dynamic is again totally different. You uh, at what point did you realize that that you needed to come to LA to pursue? Now, you, had you had you done film and TV work in Australia before you came here, Brea? Yeah. So I started an acting class when I was fourteen, and I just instantly loved it. It clicked for me. And from that day forth, I was like, right, I'm going to be an actress. And I told my, I went home and told my parents. And they were not, like, it wasn't a shock to them. They weren't surprised. but um, And they were also very, very supportive um, for me to come out. So I didn't move out until I was 17, about to turn 18. Um, but, yeah, I already always had my parents' support, which was amazing. That is important, again. Um, and was there a B plan? Or was acting your B plan? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I only, I never had a plan B. Um, to me, my my motto was plan B is a plan to fail. Um, because... <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, because I just think like if you want to do something, you got to do it wholeheartedly and do it with full intention. And and if you have a backup plan, you're probably going to end up using it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Casey, you, uh, you again. You 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 got your start in theater, but you mentioned that you also mentioned um, that you worked with a casting, uh, 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 I guess, a casting director before you got the role as Cindy. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of that kind of happens a lot. What's the story behind that? Again, I think you said that, that they got you that role. Is that what happened? I I had done a lot of workshops previously with the casting director, and he brought me in multiple times for the role before I got. Cindy. Wow. And what what a role. I mean, eight years. My God. <laughs> I mean, you were in there the whole eight years, but obviously you're on a show that's got a lot of longevity and a reputation. So um certainly um I think I think the I think the cast I hear I hear this a lot though, that you know, these these workshops with these casting directors that teach them they're a real good opportunity. There's a lot of uh, networking and a lot of um a lot of possibilities there. Yeah. Yeah, I have found that, yeah. And of course, the I'm not sure how it is in Australia, but I think the I think this the the numbers are for every 100 auditions you go on, you might book one gig. Am I right? Close? Yeah. yeah. So That's I think about right. obviously yeah. obviously you have to have that uh, that in your mind. I mean, when you when you when you do this, this is the kind of business that you really I, what I from what I gather, you really want really you really want to really want it really want to want it basically. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. There's no uh, half-heartedly doing it. You have no. to really, really go at it. Do you remember when you got your SAG card? My SAG card? Yeah. Well, I I was lucky because when I was 17, SAG and AFTRA were merging. So I bought my way into AFTRA oh. so that when they merged, I was automatically SAG-AFTRA as opposed to getting – there's a there's like a thing for actors where you have to get Taft-Hartley where, where it means that you work on three union projects and they – decide that they want you over another union actress oh wow okay is yeah that, does that sound familiar casey yeah i i didn't have that i think i i think i did the same thing i think i was part of aptra and then when they merged 
was automatically SAG-AFTRA, but yeah. It's a, it's a good thing. I'm glad unions are there. I'm glad the writers have a union and producers have a union because obviously there comes a time in your career where, you, where, you're, where it's a job. You're making a living at this. So, um, you know, the days of working for free are really kind of in the wind. Um, it's it's survival. I mean, and and you, you both are lucky because you've worked consistently. Um, but there are those out there that struggle. And I think SAG really protects them in the long run. Yeah, yeah. In, in between, you know, because a lot of waiting. I work at Universal Studios with a lot of, um, you know, costume characters and, and whatnot. And a lot of them are starving actors. They have their SAG cards. They get gigs here and there. But, um, yeah, uh, but the SAG thing is um, a good deal. So good for you guys. Let me stop down for just one second. This is Conversations. Glad you guys are listening. We're here every, every other Wednesday, uh, 8 p.m. on the West, 11 p.m. in the East. And, again, it's uh, just a conversation. Our guest tonight is Freya Tingley, and our guest host is Casey Burke. And um, glad to have you both here tonight. And, again, welcome back. The, um, the, the first show that you uh, – that you did here in the States. Would that be Once Upon a Time? But no, I did Hemlock Grove. So I booked that oh. when I just turned 18. Okay. At yeah. what, what point did you do uh, Once Upon a Time? So Once Upon a Time was about a year later. Really? Okay. <laughs> and everybody's worked on that show. It's amazing. <laughs> they, yeah. You are the fourth guest we've had on here that's been on that show. We had Connor Dwelly, who played Moraine. Um, mm-hmm. We had, um, oh God, I'm, I'm blanking here. Um, Olivia Steele Falconer, who played Violet in the Camelot mm-hmm. series, Camelot seasons. And then also um, Ava Akers, who played uh, a young Regina. So right. it's, it's been it's it's been a few. And again, a great show. Longe- a lot of longevity. The show's coming back, but the cast is going to totally change. So yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Did you see, did you watch the finale? You know what? I I um I'm not a TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. Oh. I'm too honest. Um, <laughs> despite being in it myself. Um, so I mean, I watched the first season and a bit of the second season as uh, research, but I haven't I haven't followed up with the rest of the seasons. Speaking of watching TV, good question to ask you from the from the get go on. And I want to get get into uh, your work on uh, Hemlock Grove as well as this film, No Way to Live, and. Uh, the first time you saw your finished product, you saw yourself on the screen or TV. What was that like? Was it was it awkward or what was the emotion? No, um, I I get very excited. Um, I really I love I love what I do and I love creating and I I actually really enjoy seeing what I've created at the end of the day, um, and seeing how that works in with what everyone else is creating as well. So, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't shy away from watching myself. Casey, are you able to watch yourself or no? Um, I yeah, I I watch myself mainly because my mom wants to see how the episode turned. I want to see how the episode turned out, but then my mom likes to put on the reruns, and I'm like, <laughs> we've we've already why are we we don't need to, yeah. but no, it is very exciting. There are there are, because there are I, I mentioned that because there are some artists that to this day feel a little discomfort watching themselves on the screen. Maybe they're they're rethinking things. I could, I could have done it this way. But um, I've always kind of had a, like a, uh, you know, kind of a question about that because, um, you know, every every role is different. 
um, every, I mean, I think the acting style can be the same, but obviously that changes too. But there are those that find it awkward to watch themselves um, on the screen. They can't, they just can't do it. So I wasn't sure if you were, if that was a, a deal for you or not, but uh, obviously not. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a comfort level. And of course you can't watch yourself on stage. So that's a whole thing. They're actually, yeah. they're, they're doing that for you. So yeah. the, um, the, 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 roles uh for you have just come in you've done very very well at booking gigs and that's wonderful hemlock grove now this is a show that was on netflix um rave reviews it was really fandom i think that really carried this show um do you kind of find that as well definitely definitely i i ended up getting a lot of twitter followers and instagram followers from that show that i mean it's crazy because after i did the show i would take a ride in an Uber and they'd be like, oh, so what do you do? You're an actress, right? And I go, yeah. They go, oh, have you done anything? And I would say, once upon a time, and Hamlet Grove and, like, I started, like, you know, the Uber drivers started to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that, you know. <laughs> do, do you do you get spotted when you're out? No, no, no. <laughs> not nice? at that level yet. It's not, and um, I, right yeah. after Hamlet Grove came out, I had a few people here and there that would look at me or notice me, but yeah. no. <laughs> Not really. Casey, you get spotted, right? No, not not really. People don't recognize Cindy without the hat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh well, cool. The uh the uh the film uh obviously something very very different for you. What a brave role uh that you've uh, taken on in the, on this new film, indie film No Way to Live. Tell us about it. Yeah. So uh, it's about an interracial couple in the 50s who steal money and go on the run. And as a result, they get tied up in a lot of uh, things that they don't want to get tied up in. But um, And there's a lot of twists. But I read that script um, a few years ago and it was... It was three years. It was three years after I'd moved to LA, and I thought it was just the best script I've ever I'd ever read. Um, it was exactly the kind of role and movie that I was looking for, and I really went after it and really um, just gave the audition my all. Um, and then it wasn't until about a year later that we ended up making the movie. But because of it being an indie filming and, and that being very hard to raise money, we shot it in three different shoots over about six months. Um, so as we raised the money for the first shoot, then we would shoot that and then raise the money for the second shoot and then go out and shoot that. Um, but, we, I mean, we managed to keep the continuity good, so so that worked out. Wow. And and I like what you posted a while back. Uh, and, 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 and give me some license here. Um Folks, if you want to see this movie, don't don't download it from a torrent. I mean, obviously, um, the, you you want to recoup some of the money. You want this movie to continue to be successful. Obviously, if people rip it off and don't pay for it, then that's really not really not cool. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and, and anything. I mean, yeah, because because indie films are not made for it. Particularly this one, it's not made for a lot of money and. If, you know, as artists, we just want to keep on creating and doing the same thing, you know, and it's it makes it a lot easier if people pay for the movie and it, we make our money back, but it, it kind of inhibits what we're able to do if people are illegally downloading it. Yeah, it's, it's just not right. So don't do it, folks. Please support. Indie film doesn't mean free. Um, it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. 
it's free form obviously um you you get a lot of creative license with that but still that expense is still there um yeah. you are just kind of doing it under the radar and again the the trailer was phenomenal i mean i can't wait to see the whole thing and i will definitely pay to see this because it's i Thanks. think it's worth it yeah i mean it's that's the whole thing you know it's I, the way this stuff's delivered now and again with with the internet and things um yeah, I mean, things are kind of wide open for that. People do steal stuff, and and um, but um, I I never have. I do. I, I, I Amazon Prime is a good deal. You know, you can get stuff on there, and you, you can subscribe to that. Hulu is really good. You know, if, if you're gonna watch a lot of stuff, then obviously it's good to maybe subscribe to that those those services so you can watch it. Obviously, this film will be out will be out on on Blu-ray and DVD at some point. Correct. Yeah, it's out on uh, Blu-ray and DVD right now, um, and you can people can also watch it on Amazon and on iTunes. I, I will definitely watch it. Write that. Write that down, Casey. No way to live. Doing and, it right now. Yeah, and it's and again, it's 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 it looks phenomenal. I love indie films, um, and I'll yeah. tell you why. And, and and again, we had Mateus Ward on not too long ago. He did a film with his dad. Uh, they wrote, it's called The Meanest Man in Texas, a true story. It was so good. Was it good? It was so good. Yeah. He, and uh, also, uh, Isabella Akers was in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a great film and a true story. And yeah. they really poured their heart and soul into that. I mean, lived and breathed this film for for a few years. I mean, it, it took, you know, the, the, the um, um, uh, Justin Ward and Dan Humphrey wrote wrote the screenplay and i think uh justin also i believe he directed as well um and mateus just did a phenomenal phenomenal uh phenomenal you know job on it he did the, yeah the cool thing about here's the cool thing about about um indie films is is the creativity is just so i mean from the get-go is amazing and sometimes you don't get it right away you don't you don't understand it and i think that's i think that's part of the fun uh, and uh, what makes filmmaking and viewing films um, so cool is the fact that you can it's cerebral so you got to think about it and indie films in particular um, do that for you I mean there are a number of films and I know you've seen them um, Casey Freya as well where it comes to the end and then just it just goes goes to black and you're like what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's yeah. the part you know you, you kind of got to figure it out for yourself but um, the indie films are the little films that can, and they do, and and they do very very well. And I've seen many um, that are very very uh, very very good and have done extremely well. We had Lorena Gordon on here. Lorena Gordon is a filmmaker um, who I work with at Universal actually, but she's from New York, and she wrote a story called Times Like These, and it became a indie indie film which she direct directed and it got funded and the whole thing. And it's a true story about uh, um, her encounter with uh, um, uh, domestic domestic violence in her in her home, uh, growing up with it as a child in New York, and and she did this film and it's just, it's amazing and it's it's got nods everywhere, um, and that's what's so cool I think just the fact that it's that these are they're they're they don't seem they don't seem like you know they're not like generic they're they're like real stories. Uh, and to have an indie film that's a true story, that's really cool. Now, um, Casey, indie films for you at all? Have you done any? I 
was a part of a couple of horror indie films, which were super fun. Um, and then I was in, I had a really small role in 20th Century Women with yes. Elle Fanning. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're really, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. They're very creative. And I think like, some of them are the best kinds. <laughs> And it's again, it's a challenge to get them made. Obviously, it's this expense is still there. If you can get it funded, that's great. Um, and there are big time directors that that will do indie films as well. Um, you know, so it's it's not just a you know a bunch of people getting together. It's sometimes people that have been in the business for years will, will do that as well as either as a favor or because they really really respect the craft of filmmaking, and and that's um, that's really cool. Quickly, um, Freya, tell me about uh, the movie business in. In uh, in Australia, how is that? What's that like? What are, what is, what are the what's the um what are the films like as far as the, the 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 process, and 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 how are how are Australian films received um there locally in in that country? Mm. It's a little hard for me to say um, because I haven't been to a, like a, the I've been here for f- five years now, um, and I was never really fully immersed in the industry over there um, because my focus was always here um so i mean i mean i really don't have a lot of reality um on what the industry is like too much obviously folks in australia have seen your work here though i would think say that again obviously i would think that people in australia have seen have seen your work that's been done here i mean because there right. are... yeah i think i believe well it's funny because um after hemlock grow was released on Netflix. We actually didn't have Netflix in Australia at the time. And uh, I don't believe it was until a year later that we got Netflix. So then all my friends from school watched it. Um, but I do think that Once Upon a Time is a popular show in Australia. So, yeah, I'm sure quite a few Australians have seen that. It's popular everywhere. It's, um, yeah. That is really, I mean, the um, that's been on a long time. It, and they, yeah. They obviously filmed in Vancouver. Um, yeah. And if, and uh, Storybrook. Did you did you did you did you film in Storybrook? I I filmed a tiny little um, end of an episode there. Um, so after Wendy Darling gets um, saved, so to speak, and and she gets taken from London from eighteen hundreds back to Storybrook, I think. That's a cool little town. <laughs> they filmed that in. Yeah, yeah, and- it is. And people flock there just to uh, just to catch a glimpse of, of the filming, and I guess all the gift shops and stuff sell Once Upon a Time stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's really kind of helped uh, help the town. Yeah. So definitely. literally, it takes a village, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's done very good, and again, Vancouver, you know, really so much filming there, um, and and I'm okay with that. I, I I've got to tell you that I think that and I'm not afraid to say that, but I think that uh, there are too many limitations on filmmaking. Uh, in California, and that's mm-hmm. why so many have gone out of the, out of the state to film. Yeah, um, and not to mention it's a beautiful city. So oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> you know, and you've got, and of course, you've got uh, you know Walking Dead films in Atlanta. You have um, Breaking Bad, which filmed in in New Mexico, as well as Better Call Saul, which is an hilarious show. I love <laughs> that show. Uh, again, these are these are little areas that uh, that uh, are are doing great. Um, you know. For uh, for TV production and film production, because it, because they make it very very inviting for them. Um, but uh, th- there's so many regulations in California, and I think it's kind of hurt uh, you know uh, the film the film industry here in the, in the 
in California. That's the way I see it, you know. Um, yeah. But Vancouver's done very well. They've got sound stages and studios and the whole thing, and they really made a go of it. Connor Dwelly was on here not too long ago, and she was on Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, and um, they filmed that up there and uh, and and did very well. And uh, I think it's on Slice up there. And it's on Bravo down here, but um, you know, it's it's that's where the work. She's never worked in Hollywood. She's always worked in Vancouver. That's just so it. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> But you came you came to LA, you knew, and obviously your parents knew as well. Um, and from the get go they were somewhat supportive of you wanting to do this, obviously, because to pack up and go from Australia to the US to Los Angeles, that's quite a geographic uh shuffle. Yeah, it <laughs> it definitely is. Well, my mom wanted to be an actress when she was younger, so that helps because she wanted to um, she didn't have the opportunity to be an actress, so she wanted to give me that. Um, and then my dad was also very, very supportive. Um, and yeah, I, I, they just believed in me from the get-go and knew that this is what I wanted to do and I didn't have a backup plan. Um, so yeah, so making the move here, like I never thought, oh my gosh, it's such a long way. I thought it was just something I have to do. Um, and my mom, she was working in real estate at the time and she gave up her job so that she could come out to LA and support me. How awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, what was, you, I mean, when you, when you arrived here, what were, what were, were there any things that you're like, you were, that, that shocked you or you were, you were surprised about what, what was the, what was your feeling? There's culture shock, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny because my main focus wasn't even, <laughs> I don't know if I was observing my surroundings as much as just focusing my attention fully on acting and what my goals were. Um, but, I mean, I remember thinking that L.A. was a lot more relaxed than I thought it was going to be. Um, for such a big city, it's definitely different from New York, which is so, you know, everyone runs at such a high speed. And um, I find here people here just um, operate at a lot slower pace than I was expecting. Casey, same for you, because you were in New York as well. So, Yes, New York is is definitely a much faster <laughs> city, like just walking in New York. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I find, you know, Sydney and L.A. to be very similar in, like, their city vibes, so. Yeah, definitely. So you, so you came in here and you guys settled down, obviously a trip to Ikea probably. That's usually the first oh, thing yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah. My Ikea story, I will tell you that it was, it was, this, was, this was years ago, but I was at Ikea in Burbank. And, and as you know, Casey as well probably, they just built a new one there and it's like huge. It's yeah. gi- it's gigantic. I mean, you could land a plane in there. It's just it's huge. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in my, my wife, we're shopping around at Ikea looking at candles and you know everything else you buy at Ikea. You know, the chair is called blah 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 or whatever he's got that that weird name yeah. Yeah. so i'm shopping i look over to my right and i never do this and I, I don't google or stare it was anna paquin she was probably i want to say 14 or 15 at the time and wow. um looking kind of goth it's okay i mean it's okay you know um <laughs> but people were spotting her and you could tell that she was visibly annoyed I mean, she was like, you know, she, it annoyed her. Like, she didn't want to be there, you know. And and I will I will not approach, you know, in people, and I see people like that. It's, it's, you know, if it happens, it happens. 
But um, that's my Anna Paquin story. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you're in L.A., I mean, if you're here long enough, you're going to run into folks. And uh, and there are those that, that are flattered. There's those that want to just be, you know, you want to have your own deal and have your your your, your time. So, but uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but it's, it's just, it, it's kind of, because she's from New Zealand, I believe. So, you know, that's obviously that, that, that whole Ikea thing. I guess, I guess Ikea is like a, I don't know. It's, it's, you got to have the right kind of a place to have Ikea stuff in. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> you know, if, if you, if you collect antiques, you're not going to go to Ikea and buy furniture. It's just not going to look, you know, you don't, you don't, no. you know, you don't take it like a Queen Anne table and buy a futon bed. It's not going <laughs> to, you know, but, um, but, but you came here, you guys made a go of it, a go of it. And it, and it, it just clicked for you. I mean, you're just so lucky. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Thank you. No, I, that, don't con- I don't consider, are you talking to me or are you talking to Casey? I'm talk, sorry. I'm, both of you, but you particularly, cause I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, a huge move for you. And to, and to come so young, um, and you've been busy the last five years. Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> I have I mean, been busy nonstop. Um, yeah, just I believe I believe in working hard, and um, I think that the acting industry is an interesting one because it attracts a lot of people for reasons other than just the art. I mean, um, because so much of it is based on look. You got a you get a lot of good looking people who join the industry for those reasons and then other people for the fame and the glamour um but i I really think it's an industry that shouldn't be or a career choice that shouldn't be taken any differently than if somebody were studying to be a doctor sure Um, you know people don't become a doctor for their looks or (laughs) or or for the fame they do it because it's something that you know they have the smarts for and it's something that they're passionate about and so i think um I think that yeah, it should be the same for the acting industry. And, and and again, it's it's a profession. You are working, you are making a living doing this. So obviously, um, sure, it's fun, but it is your job. And and yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I, I I will put out requests for people to come on the show. And 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 I learned early on that when when they when the people tell you that I'm sorry, they're not available, they're busy. You guys are truly busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, those are long, long days. Casey, you can att- you can attest to that. Long days yes. on set, right? Yes. You know, I've had I've had a couple of thirteen hour ones with one scene. So yes. Wow. Wow. Long scenes for you. Are you as well, Freya? Um, long long days. Long days yeah. yeah, I've had I've had some long days. Yeah. But crafty helps, right? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it changes. Like when you're on a show, uh, and there's a lot of money in the show, then you have great food. And if you're doing a small budget indie, the food is sometimes not the greatest. <laughs> well, awesome. You got, uh, was there crafty today at the table read? No, no. I think I think like the main um, stars of the show brought in some food. I don't know if they got it brought to them or not, but um, there's usually only crafty when they're shooting. Oh, okay. But it's amazing. So oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure, I know. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the uh, again, the movie coming out. The movie is out. Actually, no way to live. Uh, Freya Tingley is our guest. Uh, you can catch her in episodes of uh, Once Upon a Time, as well as Hemlock Grove. And by all means, please see Jersey Boys because it's such an iconic 
story about an iconic entertainer who is still doing this, by the way. And uh, the role of Francine was, uh, we, of course, we had all hoped that she'd, you know, straighten herself out and, and pursue her music like she wanted to, but it didn't didn't happen. So uh, please go ahead and check that out. And, of course, Freya, I want to touch briefly. You um, are a painter. I love painting. <laughs> yeah. And it's animal portraits. How did, yeah. that, all, how did well, that all start? Um, I've always been into painting. I studied art at school. Um, and I, I was doing some art lessons at the start of last year out here. Um, and then I had this, I was at a museum in, I was at the Tate, Tate, um, Tate Modern, I think Tate Modern Gallery in London. And I was going around looking at art last year and I was inspired by this really funny painting and I can't remember the artist, but it was just such a goofy painting. And then I thought, I'm going to paint my cat like that. And, um, and I, I, I started off with it, like, trying to make it goofy, and then it just ended up really realistic, <laughs> which is so far from what I intended. Um, and I was just getting a lot of um, response from my painting based on that one. And then um, then I, uh, my mom and my boyfriend came up with the idea of painting people's pets as a way of earning money, and particularly because pets here in Los Angeles, I mean, everyone oh, yeah. loves their dogs. Yeah. They're obsessed. Um, they treat them like their children. So um, <laughs> I ended up painting, um, I've been commissioned to paint a portrait of a dog. Um, and then, yeah, from there I'm just, um, yeah, these, painting pets. These are really good. I mean, these are, this is not color by numbers. These are paintings. And I mean, you are amazing. This is, I mean, Thank the de- the detail. Um, are you doing these by a photograph? Obviously, to get a pet to, to to sit there and model for you, obviously, probably, <laughs> you know, stand still. Um, right. Well, I paint from a photograph, so I, I get the I get the client to bring over their animal or their dog or their cat, and then I take a bunch of photos, um, and then I pick one which I paint from. Now, like, it's a lot easier because I know they wouldn't be able to stay still. So, is this just dogs and cats? How about, how about like ferrets and bunny rabbits and? Yeah, I, mean, I, could, I would. I, you know what? I'd love to paint. I'd love to paint a really colorful bird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can paint anything. So you you got you've got the, all the setup there. You're probably at Aaron Brothers every weekend, buying. Yes, Aaron Brothers and, yeah. is <laughs> where I live. I've I've set up my balcony as a as an art studio because um, it's a relatively big balcony, um, and it's you know keep it away, keep all the paints away from carpet. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> Are you doing work with, are you with oil paint? I've I've attempted that. I started trying to do that this year, um, but uh, I'm I really need some more experience and, and some more lessons before I go back to that. I find acrylic a lot easier for me yeah. right now because um, of the drying process with oils. It, the, the the art the samples I saw were were phenomenal. Very Thank you. very good. Casey, do you paint? Um. I would like to, but I am not, like, drawing and painting is not, I'm not talented in that area. <laughs> um, stick figures are really great for me. Oh, Those yeah. Are- yeah. <laughs> sure. I like clay. I think clay is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah molding, I like clay as well. You know, getting your hands all, you know. Um, yeah. And as, kid, <laughs> as a kid, at least in the States, finger painting was a thing, you know. You always yeah. got, you know, you got, you got one of dad's old shirts. You wore that as a smock 
and you went in and you just finger painted everything. It was, it was great. And it was a lot of fun, you know? If yeah. your hands aren't messy, you know, like, what's even the point? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, again, the important things in, in, in when you're in kindergarten or first grade is going to be finger painting, clay. Um, eating paste is also a popular thing back in the day. I hear some giggles there. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, again, I mentioned this all because the art's so important. And I had asked you early on about, you know, the arts being alive and well in Australia, and obviously they are. You brought that here, uh, whether it be film, television, um, and as well, um, painting. And you sing as well, too, right? Uh, in the shower. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. That's your <laughs> no, best. Actually, your, your... Um, I actually, my first goal was to be a singer. But oh. I, I abandoned that goal because I, I just decided I wasn't great at it. Um, I can sing, but I'm not great. And I think a yeah. lot of people can sing. And I think you really have to be exceptional, particularly you, since it's such a hard industry. And if you want to make it, you do what you do best. That's what that's that's what you stick with. And again, yeah. there's no B plan, so you're you're set. Um, I've had guests on here that said if they weren't actors, they'd be truck drivers. So I mean, it's it's just you know <laughs> what, what you're comfortable with. And uh, man, this has been a great show. I this could go on another hour because there's just so much um, that you're doing. You've done so much, and I just see such bright things to you in the future. Thank you so it's, much. It was, it was great to be on the show, and thank yeah. you for having me. And, and Casey as well. I mean, again, thanks for co-hosting. This is a new era for conversations, and and both of you are, are just total standouts, and, and I <laughs> appreciate you. that. Freya, if folks wanted to contact uh, or get information about you, where would they go? I take it IMDb, probably? Yeah, IMDb, um, and, I, and then I have a Twitter, which is at Freya Tingley, and my Instagram is the same, which is at Freya Tingley. And how do they find the film? How do they find the film? Um, it's now on iTunes and Amazon, and then hopefully, fingers crossed, soon it'll be on Netflix. Very cool. No Way to Live. Please, guys, check this film out. Very, very important film to see. Um, a lot to do with tolerance, but as well... Um, really very historical because it, it this it, it's a it depicts um that what is occurring back then and and still does at some points i think um uh so uh definitely check that out and again casey burke we know where to find you coming up soon <laughs> when do you guys start shooting um next week wow so, so it's happening so we're looking for you at the fall then yeah, we um, we I'm shooting Wednesday and Thursday, I think, next week, and we premiere October third at eight p.m. on ABC. Looking forward yes. to that. Very cool. Um, Freya Tingley, um, actress, yep. painter, and uh, all around just phenomenal person. Thank you so much, and hopefully you will join us again. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to be back on. All righty, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. All righty, so cool. Uh, we'll, we talk all the time, so we'll talk to you soon as well. And again, this is <laughs> sure. uh, this is season two, episode two. Our next uh, podcast will be uh, on August twenty third. I'll be relaxed for my trip to Mexico, and our guest, uh, two stellar guests. This is a uh, exclusive. We have Aaliyah Molden. Aaliyah Molden is a singer and actress. She was the third runner up on this year's Voice uh, with uh, Team Blake. And uh, phenomenal singer. So, again, um, Aaliyah Molden will be joining us. Our guest co-host will be um, from Ambrosia, the lead singer from Ambrosia, Ken Stacy. 
Ken Stacy has worked with everybody from Elton John to Michael Jackson and in between. Phenomenal talent, past guest, and again, frontman for Ambrosia, the band, not the salad. So, <laughs> so, so go ahead and um, mark your calendar for that. It's August 23rd. This podcast will be up tomorrow. So again, you will, if you missed any part of it, um, if you had to leave the room, make coffee or what have you, uh, it'll be online tomorrow. And you can go to our website as well as uh, our Facebook and Twitter pages and find those there. That'll do it, folks. Episode two is in the can. Casey and Freya, hang in there. Thank you so much. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. This is Conversation So Long. 